Good evening and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Charity, Elevating Everything Along With It. And we are currently in the middle of chapter 34 on page 156 in the Tanya. Page 156 in the Tanya, in the middle of chapter 34. And Tanya is sharing how we must always be happy. We're not allowed to be sad. We can't be down. Melancholy, sadness, depression. There's no place for it. There is no place for sadness. God says, the Torah says, we have to serve God with happiness. How could we always be happy? And we went to chapter 26, 27, different methods of always being happy. Today we're learning how the happiness comes from hosting God, from being one with Hashem. Could you imagine if the, if the king says, I want to live in your home? You're a simple person. I'm, I'm a simple person. You're, you're big. I'm a simple person. And the king says, I want to live in your home. I have, I'm king of the universe. Achashverosh, we learn, in the firm story, he was king of the whole world. And he knocks on your door, a little peasant out in the field said, I want to live in your home. How much happiness that would bring you. All of your issues would fall aside. How can we bring God within our home? So last week we learned through learning Torah. And I have to say, Baruch made my day. He, he tells me, he tell, Bruce says that night he went home, he learned even more. He wanted to bring God into his home. I hope it's still going on though. <laughs> so now we're going to learn though, Hose, learning, unfortunately, we're not able to learn the whole day. For many reasons. But the primary reason, we have to work. And the Torah itself says you need to work. Six days of the week we need to work. So how can we bring God into everything? And now, today, we're going to learn two amazing thoughts. Number one is there's a principle in Judaism that the desire itself is the action. The desire itself is the action. For example, if you want to help someone, and let's say someone is in need of a loan, and you call them up and you say, I want to assist you, and they say, I already got it. Your desire to help is as if you gave them that loan. A good intention, God joins to a deed. Hashem feels that tova, just the intention to do something good, Hashem says, it's as if it actually happened. So the first method of bringing Hashem into your entire day is by truly believing that if you had the ability to sit and learn the entire day, you would. That means you, many of us can't. But if you had that ability, you would that knowledge that I would if I can is as if you do. One more time. The bare knowledge that if, or the bare thought that if I could learn Torah the entire day, I would, God says is as if you're learning the entire day. Unbelievable. Simple thought. But let's go a step deeper. Your work itself is holy. Your work itself is holy. How is your work itself holy? Thank you. When you go, what, why are we going to work? We're going to make a parnasa. We're going to make a living. 
When you give 10%, when you give charity, your whole, your whole work is now elevated. Everything you've done is elevated. Where do we see this? We find this, for example, by the Torah portions we're learning now, the idea of sacrifices. You know, when, when we talk about giving a sacrifice to God, we're not just talking about animals. Together with the animals, there was a little liquid brought, a little food. And the little that was brought elevated the entire world of that Species. When by bringing a little liquid, you've you've elevated all liquid. By bringing a little food, you've elevated all food. By bringing an animal, you've elevated the entire animal kingdom. <clears throat> by giving the little tzedakah, you're not elevating just what you're giving. You're elevating the energy that was in the tzedakah. So let's take for example, someone is a doctor. So they're investing their entire day. Let's not take a doctor, actually, because a doctor, I think, is a simple one. You're physically saving people's lives. So I'm going to go to something more mundane. Let's talk about something more mundane. Um, you are building planes. You're building not the 737 MAX. No, no, not anymore. We're talking about soon. You're building what type of plane? Triple seven. Triple seven. So it could get quite mundane. Is that true? Good. However, you've involved a lot of energy into your work. And when you give the 10%, or whatever that is, whatever percent of charity you give, all the energy you invested in everything is now elevated. So how can you make a home for Hashem? By learning Torah. You can make a home for Hashem by the commitment that if I could, I would learn Torah the entire day. And third of all, by when we give charity, that charity is not only elevating the little we've get, we've, we're giving, it's elevating everything that we made with that charity. Let's see that inside. Page 156, left-hand column. We are up to, and if God will lavish on him. Third Third paragraph. If you could raise your hand if you have it. And if God will lavish on him. 156. 156. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we're on the next page. Next page right there. Yeah. And if God will lavish on him in yet a fuller measure, if Hashem will will give you all the money you need and all you could and you could just sit and learn a whole day, then he who has clean hands will his, will increase his effort. If you have the ability, if Hashem would give you everything you need, you would increase your effort, you would learn the entire day. And a good intention, let's look at footnote number eight, God joins Tadid. The mere fact that you're committed to learning if you could, it's as if you have. This is just unbelievable. It's, it's truly unbelievable. The commitment is, a, is the action. It's almost like a cheap, it's a cheap ski. But, <laughs> but Hashem says, this is good for me. The commitment that if I could, I would, it's as if you are. Garrison, you're with me? Here we go. 
And even the remainder of the day, when he is engaged in commerce, he will provide a dwelling for him, blessed be he, how do we create a dwelling for Hashem? Through the giving of charity, out of the proceeds of his labor. By giving charity, you know, when we talk about charity, one of the greatest one of the greatest merits someone could have is encouraging others to give charity. You know, sometimes we look at someone as a fundraiser, as low class. In Judaism, in Judaism, the person, the Gabbai Tzedakah, is one of the greatest people. He has to be an extremely honest person. And here we're seeing, because when you give, you're not giving, you're not only doing someone else a favor, you're doing yourself a favor. When you give, you're not only doing someone else a favor, you're doing yourself a favor. You've elevated your, everything that came with it. Why is this? What is so incredible about giving charity? Which is one of the divine qualities. What's one of the qualities that Hashem says? That Hashem has? As He is compassionate. And as is written in the Tikkunim, that kindness is the right hand. We know that a human being is created in Hashem's image. That doesn't mean that physically Hashem has a right hand, or, but it means that in a spiritual sense, God has a human form. God, God has a brain, a head. And what is the right hand of Hashem? Kindness. So when we give tzedakah, we're emulating the kindness of Hashem. Becomes the question, you're not giving everything you've earned to charity, you're just giving an amount. And even though he distributes no more than a fifth part, even though you're only giving a limited amount of tzedakah, by the way, it says a fifth here. Just to quickly talk about tzedakah, there's, there's different mitzvahs here, and if you have questions when I finish, you're welcome to ask Mendel or Shmuel David. There's different types. Within the mitzvah of tzedakah, there is Maeser Shani, there's Maeser Ani, there's tzedakah. The mitzvah of tzedakah on a, on a simple level may even be just a dollar a year, but then there's another mitzvah to give a tenth. There is a mitzvah, if you can, to give up to 20. That's what it says, one-fifth. Isn't it supposed to be a minimum of 10 and, eight and the most 20? Oh, that's exactly. That's one-fifth. Oh, okay. If you can, you should give up to one-fifth. But even if you're giving one-fifth, asks Tanya the question, you're not giving everything to charity, so what about the amount you're not giving? How is that elevated? And even though he distributes no more than a fifth, this fifth carries the other four parts with it up to God to provide a dwelling for Him, blessed be He. So the, the charity that you do give elevates all the money earned. So when you get a paycheck and you take off one-tenth, you're not only making a tenth of your paycheck holy, you've now made your whole paycheck holy. This fifth carries the other four parts with it up to God to provide a dwelling for him, blessed be he, as is known from the rabbinic statement, that the commandment of charity is balanced against all the sacrifices. Extremely strong statement. Mitzvah, tzedakah, shkula, keneged, kolakarbanis. The mitzvah of giving charity is equal to all sacrifices. So let's talk about sacrifices for a minute. 
And through the sacrifices, all living creatures were elevated to God. Through the offering of one beast. The one animal given elevated all animals. All plants through that of a one-tenth of a measure of fine meal mingled with oil. All plants were elevated by the little amount of a plant that was offered to God and so on. So when, in sacrifices, when one item was brought, its entire species was elevated. And the same thing here, by the small amount of charity you've given, you've elevated all the money. And now we're going to say one more detail. Because we asked, how could you elevate the other four parts of your paycheck? So we said, on the one, one answer was, the one-fifth or the one-tenth you give elevates everything. Now we're saying a second detail. What are you doing with the other money? If you're using it to take care of yourself, and you're going to ultimately be serving God, so all of it is one big elevation. You're taking everything. There's no... Eating is holy. You know, my, the Rebbe was extremely strong. We would tell my grandfather he needs to take care of his body. The Rambam tells us, taking care of your body, that health is a godly thing. So when we're going to go ahead and take care of ourselves, and we're serving God through this, so we've elevated all the money. Let's see that inside. Apart from this, at the time of study and prayer, there are sense to God, everything one has eaten and drunk, and enjoyed of the other four parts for the health of the body, as will be explained later. Let's summarize. We want to make sure that we're hosting Hashem. We want to be happy. A true happiness is going to come when we recognize that we, a physical human being, have a home for God. And not only have we made a home, it's not that God has a lot of vacation homes. Hashem says, we're going to learn in chapter 41, that each Jew needs to say that I am God's main home. The entire world was made for me. How can, how can we be happy? By bringing God within us. How do we bring God within us? Whether it's through Torah study, or like we're learning tonight, through the commitment that if I could I would learn Torah, whether it's through giving charity, or whether it's through using the money to take care of your health and serve God. With this, we have concluded the structure of chapters 26 until 34. This is actually a very exciting moment. Today, momentarily, we're going to conclude now chapter 34. There's an interesting vocabulary note here. The root for Korban comes from the root Karol Mir. Yes. A sacrifice brings us close to God. Thank you. So, now, as we're going to conclude this entire section that talked about sadness, depression, melancholy, and being happy, we have to answer one question. We've been learning two opposing ideas until today. We've been learning that one should be sad. In chapter, I think it was chapter 29, we listed five reasons to be sad. You should be sad because your body is... is physical and has inappropriate desires. You should be sad because of your um, inappropriate thoughts, your dreams at night. So there's reasons for all of us to be sad. 
And we need to have that humility we discussed. And here we're saying we need to be happy. So, should we be sad? Or should we be happy? If we're happy, then we're not going to be able to have that sad. Like, what is a stronger feeling that we need to have? Is it happiness? Or is it the sadness? And, and there's many reasons that, for us to be sad. And here Tanya is going to share that both are possible. Right? This is a famous answer. Yeah, both are true. You need to be happy and sad at the same time. And what we're going to learn is a big foundation of a chassid. It's a big foundation of a a big foundation of Judaism. You could care for someone else. We have the ability to, to care for them, be sad for them. But the sadness has to also be with happiness. We can never let the sadness pull us fully down. We're going to use the terminology of the Zohar in a minute. Chedva bechiat sitra da on one hand, on the one side of your heart, it's crying. The second side of your heart is full of happiness. We have to have both. We, we can have both. We could be sad that our body is low and has sinned, and we could still be happy that we're hosting God. Take that person who's hosting the king. He's happy, but that doesn't mean he thinks everything is perfect. He's still able to recognize his flaws and the issues that need to be addressed. Let's see that inside. All the above mentioned particulars regarding the diverse joys of the soul, even though we've said until now how one must be happy, do not preclude the person from considering himself shameful and loathsome or from having a contrite heart and humble spirit at the very time of the joy. The fact that you need to be happy does not mean you should think you're free and just think you're perfect. No, no. For the sense of shame and so on is occasioned by the aspect of the body and animal soul. While his joy comes from the aspects of the divine soul and the spark of godliness that is closed therein and animates it as has been discussed above. Chapter 31. The, the sadness comes from the animalistic soul and the, and the body. The happiness comes from the godly soul and the divine spark. They're two different areas. And after this manner it is stated in the Zohar that weeping is lodged in one side of my heart and joy is lodged in the other. This idea was taught to us Thank you. This idea was taught to us by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. I really appreciate you coming. Yeah, I saw, I saw. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Rashbi, he's the author of the Zohar. He was persecuted by the Romans Lagba Omer is his yard site. That's why in Lagba Omer we have bonfires. Are you familiar with Lagba Omer, the bonfire? Why do we have a bonfire? Because he illuminated the world with the Zohar. Zohar means to illuminate. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, 
he taught his son Rabbi, Eli, Rabbi Elazar secrets, deep, deep secrets of the time of the destruction of the temple. And his son said, when he heard these deep secrets, that I'm so excited to know such incredible insights into the destruction. I'm happy on the, on the one hand, but I'm sad on the other hand. It was a very tragic, tragic time. We're able to have these two feelings at the same time. So where does this take us? Where does this leave us? It leaves us... It leaves us... That a chassid, someone we're going to strive to be, is always happy. We're always able to find happiness. And sadness, unfortunately, will only take us down. True sadness will only take us down. It will take us to places we don't want to go. We discussed, there's some, sometimes there is there is a type of sadness that can elevate you when you think about where you are. But depression, there is no place. That's, that's just... And we discuss different methods of overcoming depression, melancholy, and sadness. Well, didn't you say that sadness was a, a constructive thing because you can do something with that? So that's what I was saying. Certain types of sadness we discuss there's place for. But as so only if that sadness is a sadness that is leading you somewhere positive. Um, and we concluded this section talking about different methods of true happiness. God willing, the next two classes we're going to have a summary. We're going to have a hands-on... Um, we have created a summary with s snippets of the different chapters and we'll try and really get a good glimpse into where we went from chapter 26 until today. Any questions? No questions, okay. Any questions? No? Quinoa.